tell you, it's so good to be serving the Lord. Very good. Praise God. I want to share with us a word that the Lord has put in my heart today. It comes out of the book of Judges. If you would, turn with me there today for a few moments. Judges. Chapter number seven. Judges chapter seven. <clears throat> and when you find it, if you would stand as we honor God at the reading of His Word today. <clears throat> We're going to begin with verse number one. Then Jerubal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Hazel, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them where the hill of Moray in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against you saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps in the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who laughed, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who laughed, I will save you, and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man, to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, they sent away all the rest of them, every man to his camp, and retained those 300 men. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, it's going to make us better servants to you if we heed it, if we listen to it, with the heart of obedience. As we act upon it in faith. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the understanding of what you would have us to see in it today. And we ask Today's message is entitled, The Chosen Few. In other words, he started out with 32,000 guys, okay? 32,000 men he started with. And then God said, that's too many of you. 
for me to be able to deliver Midianites into your hand. You're thinking, how in the world is that? Because they had so many camels, you couldn't even number them. They had so many people that was on top of that that you couldn't number. So how in the world is 32,000 too many? So that's the way God thinks. That's his economy. That's the way he thinks about things. And so he told him, you know, there's too many. So what we need to do is get rid of some of them. So he said, we're going to tell them this. If they're afraid and scared, go home. 22,000 left. In other words, that knocked it down to 10,000. You'd think that's about a good size of an army to go against the enemy, but not with God. God said, that's still too many. Here's what I'm going to do. Have you take them down to the river, and whoever laps like a dog, putting their face in the water and starting to drink like that, you're going to put those people on one side, and those that, that get on their knees and put their hand to their mouth to drink, you're going to put them on the other side. And, who, and so he does that. He said he was going to test them. That means he's going to examine them. He's going to see if, if, if they're ready to go into battle. And so anyways, the ones that laughed like a dog weren't ready because they weren't able to look around and see what's going on around them. But the ones who got on their knees and laughed from their hands into their mouth, they were watching for the enemy. They kept their eyes out. And so that's why he chose those 300 and he says, okay, now we're in business. We're going to go fight. And so that's exactly what's about to take place. And so, number one, we've got to understand something concerning this church here, folks. I see the parallel here in this. Number one, we are a small church. I won't doubt that. We don't have very many members. Uh, if everybody's here, we got usually somewhere between 10 and 11 people. But you know what? Not everybody shows up every Sunday, and that's okay. I know what? I preach like a house is full, no matter if there's one person, no matter if there's 50 million people. I preach like the house is, a, is full. And so you're going to get both barrels today, folks. So num number one, we've got to understand that God's not interested in numbers. You know, too many churches today, not just the assembly, but they're included in this, but there's other churches as well who look at one another and they consider their success based on the numbers of their church. They say, well, if we've got 50 people, we're okay. Hundreds even better. Mega, mega thousands is even the greatest. So what I'm saying is that they best base their success on the numbers that they've got coming to the church. And that's not what God counts on. God looks for a faithful heart. He looks at you and says, are you going to be faithful to me? Even when you're just a small church. Because I've got to know that you're going to be faithful regardless. So that I can, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. I, he has promised that he will grow this church. This is his church, folks. The Bible says that the church is not being built by the Lord. It's being built in vain. Now, I don't want a vain church. I don't want to be built in vain. I don't want it to come to nothing. I don't want us to be nothing more than a, than a social club, in other words. It's nice that we come together and see each other each week. Yes, that's wonderful. It's wonderful that we can talk to one another and get to know each other and, 
and, and, and find out about each other's lives and, and dreams and aspirations and things of that nature. That's all good, growing good. But what I'm saying is, if that's the only purpose for this church, we might as well close the, bo the doors and write Ichabod across it. I'm serious, folks. But I know for a fact that that's not the reason why we're here today. We're not just a social club. We're here to praise the Lord. We're here to serve him. We're here to give him glory, honor, and praise that's due unto him. And so what I'm saying to us today is this, folks, is that we need to be faithful in the small things. Because think about the, the parable of the talents. The, the owner, when he left town for a while, he gave his three big servants that he trusted. He gave one of them five talents, one of them two talents, and another one one talent. And it says that while he was gone, certain things began to develop and happen. And then the, when he gets back, he goes to the servants and he says, Okay, number one, I gave you five talents. What did you do with them? And he says, I invested and I, I put them to use, in other words. And I, I made five more talents. He said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm going to put, put more into you. He goes to the one we gave the two to, and he says, what did you do with yours? He said, I also invested, and I, I got two more talents for you as a result. So he didn't just sit on his hands doing nothing. So anyways, he says, well done, a good and faithful servant. Anyway, he ends up going to the last guy, and he says, what about you? I gave you one talent. He said, well, I knew you were a hard task. He says, and I didn't want to lose the one talent that I did have possession. So I buried it. And I, I went ahead and kept it for you, safe and sound, till you got back. And the master looked at him and said, You lazy servant. In other words, he said, You didn't do anything with it. You didn't even put it into the bank so it would gain interest. You didn't do anything with it. And because of that, I'm taking it away from you. And I'm not going to give you any more responsibility. So what I'm saying to us today is this, folks, is that we have to use the talents, the gifts, the money, the finances, everything else that God has blessed us with and given us. He wants us to put it into the use of the kingdom of God for the furtherance of his kingdom. And that's what this, that parable is all about, is moving, is doing things with what God has given you for his kingdom's glory, honor, and praise, and for his expansion. And as we do that, we'll see this church begin to expand. We'll begin to see this church grow. We'll begin to see more people coming in. Do you know why? Maybe you do or don't know why. I think I've said it before. But do you know why I have a, a hymnal? I used to have them in every chair, but then the Lord said, do what I'm about to tell you to do. So I've got two in some rows, I've got three in other rows, the whole church, that side, this side, and each one represents an individual. In other words, when I come into this house of the Lord and I look in these chairs where I've got these hymn books sitting, I don't see a hymn book. I don't. I see a person. I see somebody picking it up and starting to sing and starting to praise the Lord. And same thing with these musical instruments. 
I caught that same vision that, that God gave to Brother Knight. I look at these musical instruments and these microphones, and I begin to see people standing there, singing at the microphone, playing the instruments. You see what I'm saying? You've got to have a vision, folks. Without a vision, the people perish. In other words, this church, if we're not careful, will dwindle and dwindle and dwindle until there's nobody even coming except me and my wife and occasionally my daughter, and all of a sudden, we're thinking to ourselves and wondering to ourselves, whatever happened? I think it's because we, we fell down on the job. That's not going to happen. My wife and I are committed to this church. We came here with a commitment knowing full well that we would have a hard road to hoe uphill. But you know what? I, was, I believe I'm up to the challenge. And God does too. Otherwise, he wouldn't have called me here. Peter said, stay where you're at. There in Rockdale. But you know what? That wasn't God's plan. He has something new planned for your, your church here. Not just your church, but let's make it God's Let's don't claim it as our own. It's God's church. So I misspoke. It's God's church. But we happen to attend it. Okay. And I'm just thinking that we need to understand that today. If a pe people took the vision and sunk it in their hands and it's all the way, all the rest of it, every man to his tent, and it's only like 300 men. Like I said, God's not interested in numbers. It's not about how many you got. It could be one of you. And he's still, as long as you're with him and he's with you, you got it made, folks. So keep that in mind. You're not a success based on your numbers. You're not a success based on your own ability to serve the Lord. It's on the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you and is working through you to accomplish desires. So that's where God's economy is. And that's what God's plan is. Let's go to the next one. It says, Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. Verse 9. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp. For I have delivered it into your hand. Be, be, but, uh, but if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp to share your fellow. And you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went, then he went down with Purus, his servant, to the outpost of the army men who were in the now the Midianites and the Malachites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley of numerous and locusts, and their towns were without number, and they stand by the seashore and multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have a dream. I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned in the tent wall. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel, into his, into his hand, which God has delivered Gideon and the whole tent. Now wait right there. Don't go to 15. 
You see, what I'm saying is, is that God told him. Now remember, Gideon was the one with the fleece as well. There was a time when he wanted God's direction. So what, and he wanted to be sure he was hearing from God if he was going to take on the responsibility of leading the nation of Israel. And so here it is. He, and he took a fleece and he asked God, he said, now, if, he, if it's wet on everything else except the fleece, I'll know it's you. And so he, he does that. Everything else was wet except for the fleece. But then... Well, first, no, I take that back. That was the second time. The first time he said, make sure that it's wet on the fleece, but all the ground is dry. And then after that, he said, okay, God, don't get upset with me, but I got another favor to ask. This time I want you to take the fleece, and I want you to make sure it stays dry, but all the rest of the ground is dry. And he does that. And so he had a, a assurance that he was going to be with him and it was his direction for him to start leading the people of Israel. Well this time he's about to go into the foreign uh, to uh, the enemy's camp and take them on. And there's just so many they can't count them all. And so anyway, but all he's got remember is three hundred guys. And that's it. And and of course the Lord. God is first and foremost is the main thing is that he was with him. In these 300 guys and so anyway he said but now if you're still scared even though I promise you I've already given you the victory if you're still afraid then do this and he sent him down to the enemy's camp and they spied it out and they overheard a couple of guards talking and one of them told him about the dream about the body loads coming into the camp and rolling and rolling and rolling and knocks over the the tent and knocks it flat. And then the other guy had the interpretation of God's dream to that guy. He said, that's nothing more than the sword of Gideon. In other words, these guys have been given the victory here. And he knew it. And that's what I'm saying is the devil knows that his days of having victory over this church, over God's church, is almost over. Because he's going to grow his church. And when he does, he says that in the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. I talked earlier this morning in Sunday school about sin in the camp. In other words, if there's sin in the house of God, God's not going to bless that church. Just like whenever the Israelites had won victory over Jericho, that God had said, don't take anything for yourself. Well, they did anyway. This one guy did anyway. And he puts it in his tent and he hides it. God thinks he's got away with it. All of a sudden, next town they go to with the AI and they're about to attack it, they get sent en route to run away from him. And AI wasn't even as big, excuse me, as Jericho. And so here it was, he, Joshua's crying out to God saying, What happened? Didn't you say he was going to give it a victory? And then God said, get up and go find the guy that's put sin in the camp. And he tells him, tribe by tribe, clan by clan, that finally it falls on the guy guilty. And then him and his whole house is taken and he's 
he, I don't remember if they were burned to death or, or stoned to death, but either way, they got killed. Okay. In other words, we need to take drastic measures if there's anything wrong in the house of the Lord. Now, that don't mean I go and kill you. <laughs> good, news, good news, right? Right? <laughs> but, but I do want you to be willing to give up what you're doing that's not right with God. Because that's the only way this church is going to grow on the hand of God's place. So I'm here to tell you today, folks, we will have the victory. That's a guaranteed fact. Because God spoke it. He's already spoken it over this church. It's just a matter of getting all the ducks in line, so to speak. There's a plan right now with the president of getting our church in readiness for the King of Sovereign Body. And that's because you got to have 20 adult voting members first. Without that, we can't even go to step two. Step two, though, is to be able to make sure we're paying our own bills, taking care of everything financially. And then we also, of course, in order to be a member, you got to be living a Christian's life. And one of the stipulations is that it says to regularly contribute to the house of God as you're able to do so. And that's what I was talking about in the teaching earlier. It, it may not be that you can give the whole 10%, but if you can, that'd be great. But I'm saying start where you're at and give something to God. And let Him begin to show you how he's able to keep his word and how he's able to bring blessing into your life. And then you, and, and as you do that, you'll know that you can trust God with even more and more and more and, and until you are giving that 10% in the offering on top of that. And so what I'm saying is, is that we've got to be in compliance with the word of God. And that's one of the things that the Bible says that a member will do for the church. So what I'm saying is, is that we got we got ten voting members right now. Did you know that? Possibly twelve, because my mom and dad give their tithes to this church, and I've asked Brother Smith about that, and he said if I can get them to give me a letter saying they want to become members, and that they will continue to give their tithes to the church, even though they're living in Midlothian and in assisted living place, then he says yeah they can become members. They both have to sign the letter. I'm not sure if I can get them to do that. Because, well, I'll go ahead and tell the reason. The assemblies, for some reason, somehow, have left a bad taste in there. And they're not too keen on it. But, my only saving grace possibly is they know that I'm the pastor of an assembly of God church. And they may do it just to help their son. I'll, I'll take any reason whatsoever. But that'll give us 12 members. But we still got eight to go. And that's what I'm saying here. Is that if you're wondering about whether or not you would qualify as a member, come up to me after service. I'll talk with you and let you know. But I'm just saying is, is that God is getting ready to do something great and mighty and wonderful in this place. But we've got to be ready for it when it happens. And so that's what I'm saying is that, number one, remember that these guys were afraid. 
and you may be afraid about any changes taking place. You may be afraid about what may be expected of you. You may be afraid about a lot of different things. That's what I'm here for, is to discuss with you those issues and those things that you may be concerned about. So I'm just I'm here to tell you folks that we are on the move, and the devil can't stop because we got God on our side. There's a scripture that says in Romans 8, 31, I believe it is, or maybe, yeah, 31, I believe it is, it says, if God be for me, who can be against me? In other words, me and God make the majority. It doesn't matter how many people I got working against me. If God's on my side, it's a done deal, right? So, verse 15. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and interpretation that he worked. He had turned his tent of Israel and said, Arise, the Lord has given his tent of Midian into your hand. Once again, it's all about trusting God and knowing that he's there for you. Knowing he's got everything in hand. Knowing that he's already worked out the whole plan from A to Z. All we got to do is follow. I had a lady with Rockdale that I used to pastor, and she was uh, Sister Kitty was her name. That was her real name, Kitty. Anyway, she said that God knows the way. All I have to do is follow. And that's what we need to do, folks, is know that God's going to direct our steps. We just have to be willing to do what he tells us to do when he tells us to do it. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father God, we love you so much. And Lord, I believe this message was received with the spirit that it was given in, which is one of love, care, and concern for this church body. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we move ahead from this day on. And God, that you show us step by step what you would have us to do so that we can reach that ultimate goal of becoming a sovereign body church. And Lord, if we do so, we're not going to forget what you told us to do in the meanwhile. We thank you, Lord, for helping us not to, not try to take any shortcuts, not to try to, to dodge anything that you tell us to do. But God, help us to walk in complete and full obedience to you and whatever you say. And Lord, we're going to be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask this question. I try to do so every time. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand and let me pray with you a prayer of salvation. Because in order to become a member of this church, you're going to have to be saved. That's the first step. So if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, raise your hand. Let me pray with you. Pray with you. Hallelujah. Father God, I praise you that everyone in here knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I praise you and thank you, Lord, that you have given me a very devoted group of people to work with, as we strive do all that you tell us to do in the manner that you describe for us to do. And Lord, we thank you, Lord. We're not looking to numbers because, God, we don't have very many. 
the Lord, we're looking to your hand to guide and direct us, to show us what you would have us to do so that we can reach the goal that you ultimately have for us. And that is salvation. That's also to grow in you in, in spirit and in truth. And also, Father God, to continue to commit our lives and hearts unto you in obedience so that we can be a, live a blessed and holy life for us, righteousness and right and Lord, we ask, God, that your hand of blessing be upon each one of us, Father God. And we ask, Lord, that you watch over us, guide us, and direct us. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We love y'all. We appreciate you. Brother Marvin, would you dismiss us in prayer today? Father, we thank you for the words today. Father, just keep your hands upon us as we go this evening. We find someone that needs the Lord, let us talk to him, Lord. Guide us, direct us. Be with each and every one here this morning, Lord. Keep your hands upon us. Bring us back tonight. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' holy name. We ask you. Amen. Amen.